Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to another podcast of Truth For Today. And my name is Joseph Franta. I'm an international minister and missionary, and uh, we're just having a great time in the Word of God with these podcasts. We've gone through the whole book of Ephesians. We've done, done a little bit in Galatians. And today, I want to start something new. I want to talk about the end times. I, I want to talk about how to deal, overcome, and walk through the end times. And I'm going to give you a little bit of background about some of the prophetic scriptures regarding the end of days. So let's just get into the Word of God. I'm going to be teaching out of the book of Isaiah and the book of Acts today, probably go a few other places, but uh, those will be kind of the mainstays. And, And I want to start, first of all, in Isaiah, one of the most prophetic books in the entire Bible. The book of Isaiah was carefully preserved uh, in Israel, uh, in Qumran, uh, in one of the caves. It was, it was preserved in a vessel, and uh, they were able to, uh, you know, rediscover the writing of the entire book of Isaiah. Just a few places in the book uh, where it's a little tattered or a few tears, but the entire book of Isaiah was preserved and uh, that book was a tremendous revelation of the end times, Israel's place in the end times, uh, some of the time uh, frame of the end times. And actually, they call it a mini Bible because the book of Isaiah is 66 books. Now, there are 66 books in the Bible itself. So uh, it's, it's an amazing, amazing prophetic document that God has preserved it is his word, his holy word, and it gives us a lot of clues, a lot of information, and a lot of revelation about the end times. I'm going to just pick up in Isaiah 48 and verse 20, and uh, this is talking about uh, God's word to his people Israel uh, to go forth from Babylon, and uh, which, you know, they had been in Babylon for some years and God was then, you know, bringing them out of Babylon. And in verse 20 of Isaiah 48, it says, Go ye forth of Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans with a voice of singing, declare ye, tell this, utter it even in the end of the earth, or to the end of the earth, say ye, the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. So this was a great redemptive act, God bringing people back out of Babylon. And then in verse 21, and they thirsted not when he led them. Oh boy, when God's leading you, uh, he'll supply your every need. And they thirsted not when he led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. He clave the rock or split the rock in two and the waters gushed out. So God's provision is more than enough, always. He is El Shaddai, the God God who is more than enough, the all-sufficient one. And so he 
provided for them richly as they were in obedience to him. And then in verse 22, it says, there is no peace, saith the Lord unto the wicked. Now in verse, uh, in chapter 49 of Isaiah, in verse one, it says, listen, O isles, unto me. This is God speaking prophetically. And hearken ye uh, people from, from afar. The Lord hath called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. He hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me. This is Isaiah speaking. And made me a polished shaft. This is a man that was refined by the fire, so to speak. He was refined by the Lord. And uh, he's speaking about Israel here. He hath made me a polished shaft in his quiver. He hath hid me. So he was going to be an arrow, a weapon for the Lord. And of course, you know, if you know anything about archery and you have a quiver, you know, they take the arrows out of the quiver and they launch them through a very powerful bow. And so here we have in verse three, and he said unto me, thou art my servant, O Israel. So here is a declaration uh, through the prophet Isaiah about Israel being God's servant. And this is so important because in the end times, the number one sign, prophetic sign of the end times is Israel, the fig tree. Jesus said, watch the fig tree. In other words, that was the nation of Israel, symbolic of the nation of Israel. And he said, when its leaves become tender, you know that summer is near. So also know that I am near. And he says in James, even at the door. So these are very powerful prophetic scriptures about Israel's place in the end of days. Now it says, and he said unto me, thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. So God chose Israel to be a nation at the center of the earth, it talks about in the book of Ezekiel, Jeremiah. They were placed there by God to be at the center of the earth, to be a sign and a wonder. He said he, he, he called them to be a sign and a wonder and a witness to the nations that he was God. So Israel is God's prophetic witness. They have a covenant with God, uh, Abrahamic covenant, Davidic covenant, and of course they also had the Mosaic covenant. And so we see here that God is got a tremendous plan for Israel in the end of days, in the end times, and they will be uh, a sign to be observed. They will be the number one prophetic sign when you see uh, Israel uh, becoming a nation and all the people, the Jewish people, returning to the nation of Israel. That is a tremendous sign that God prophesied in many places in the Old Testament that he would regather them. Yes, he did scatter them, but in the end of days, he will regather them back into their nation and he will manifest his glory through them as a nation and they will be a witness to him in the end of days. And we're seeing this, uh, you know, work out before our very eyes. We're seeing this whole prophetic declaration of God uh, come to pass even in our day, even as I sit here today, uh, there are 9.6 million people now in the nation of Israel. Uh, they've grown to that number, and of course, that, that will be many more. 
as more and more Jewish people return to the land uh, through Aliyah, uh, that is returning to the land. And so they are making Aliyah, they are coming from the north and the south, to the east and the west. We're gonna even read some scriptures about how God has uh, prophesied about them coming and from the north and from the west. So they're gonna come out of the United States of America too. Many Jews will uh, return to the land of Israel. They'll make Aliyah or return to the land of their fathers. And uh, you know there are many people helping them to do that even now, many organizations, Christian groups, and other groups. And in verse four, then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain, futility. Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work with my God. So Israel was originally intended to work together with God to be his witness in the earth to the nations that the Lord was God. Adonai, Jehovah, the Lord God, that he was in fact God. And because of all the many miracles that God did through the people of Israel, particularly when he uh, delivered them from the land of Egypt by mighty signs and wonders, and then of course, the, one of the greatest was the parting of the Red Sea where they came out of Egypt. Uh, most scholars believe it's two plus million people led by Moses and Aaron uh, were, were delivered from the land of Egypt by a miraculous sign of the parting of the Red Sea. Actually, it's the Reed Sea, uh, but most people refer to it as the Red Sea. And then they spent uh, a lot of time in the wilderness and Maybe we'll touch on that. I don't think we will get time today. In verse five, and now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be a servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Jacob in the Old Testament always is a reference to Israel, the nation of Israel. They're referred to as Jacob over and over again. To bring Jacob again to him, though Israel be not gathered, now, this is when they were not gathered. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord. And my God shall be my strength. So he is establishing the prophet Isaiah that God is his strength, that God is speaking through him about Jacob, the nation of Israel. And uh, though they be not gathered, in other words, they were in Babylon at this moment, this time, and they would be eventually uh, regathered or returned uh, to their land, uh, to Jerusalem and so forth. And I'm gonna go on in verse six. And he said, it is a light, oh, this is powerful, in verse six, Isaiah 49. And he said, is it a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant? Now it's a very significant thing that Israel was chosen as a nation to be a witness and a servant of God. And he said, is it a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and, and to restore the preserved of Israel? The preserved, the kept ones. In other words, through everything that Israel has experienced in their history of being scattered throughout the nations and being persecuted and you know going through so many tests and trials and uh, even death, many died. We know in in uh, in the Holocaust and other you know the Spanish Inquisition. They were uh, you know 
forced to flee out of Spain. But you know what? They're still a people. They're still a nation. And many of the nations that persecuted Israel uh, in historical uh, times, they're gone. But here's Israel. They're still here. They have survived all their persecutors. God has preserved them as a nation. And of course, we know in 1948, the United Nations voted for Israel to be a nation and, you know, to have the, their homeland. Okay, so now it says, and he said, is it a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel, the kept? I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles. Now here is the beginning. Uh, of a tremendous unfolding, a revelation of Israel's purpose. Why God called them to be in covenant with him as his nation, as a nation that would reveal God to the nations. He says, I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles or the nations, the goyim in the Hebrew. I will also give you Israel as a light to the nations, that thou mayest be my salvation, my salvation unto the end of the earth. So really the gospel was being preached here uh, in a sense to, the, to Israel that they would be a light to the nations. They would be a, a light to the Gentiles even to bring God's salvation to the ends of the earth. Wow. And we see that again in the New Testament, and we'll get into that today. Verse 7, thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel. Here he goes again. God's uh, reaffirming and confirming that he is their Redeemer. Thus saith the Lord, Redeemer, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One. He is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God Almighty, Adonai, Jehovah. Yahuwah, Elohim, he is the Holy One of Israel. To him whom men despised, to him whom the nation abhorreth, to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship, because of the Lord that is faithful. So he's, he's breaking it down here and showing us Basically, what is going on previous to the regathering of Israel? To him whom man despises. In other words, they're despised. To him whom the nation abhorreth. To a servant of rulers. In other words, they became slaves and servants when they were scattered into all these nations. They became servants and slaves to these other nations. So God is just describing their plight, their condition. But what happens here? To a servant of rulers, kings shall see. Kings shall see what? They shall see that God's hand is upon Israel. And arise, they shall arise. Princes also shall worship. There'll be a day when all the nations stream into Israel again to worship the Lord in his holy mount, Mount Zion, in Jerusalem. 
that's prophesied in Jeremiah, Ezekiel, uh, Zechariah. Kings shall see, they'll be enlightened and arise. Princes also shall worship because of the Lord, because of the Lord that he is faithful. Adonai, he's faithful. And the Holy One of Israel, and he shall choose thee. Here is God's confirmation that he has chosen them. The Lord God, Adonai, Yahuwah, Jehovah, he has chosen them to be his people. He's made a covenant with them through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs. That was an everlasting covenant that would not be dissolved in any way, not be cut off in any way. It would continue on into eternity. And then it says, because of the Lord, that he is faithful. He was faithful to bring them back to their land, to reestablish them as a nation, to form them as his people once again. Because of the Lord that is faithful and the Holy One of Israel, and he shall choose thee. They were chosen of God to be his witnesses in the center of the earth to all the nations that the Lord was God. Thus saith the Lord in verse 8, and in, now this is so powerful. He's speaking to Israel here, but can, you can see these scriptures are also uh, referenced in the New Testament, speaking to the body of Christ. Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time, I have heard thee. Wow. In an acceptable time, I have heard thee. He, heard, he always hears the cries of his people. And in a day of salvation, have I helped thee. And I will preserve thee. He's kept him for all these generations and give thee for a covenant of the people. I'm going to work through you, Israel, and you're going to be my covenant people to be my witnesses to the nations and to reveal my glory to all the nations of the earth. Wow. This is God's purpose, his will, his intent for the nation of Israel from the very beginning to cause, to inherit the desolate heritages. I'm going to read this again. I will help thee, I will preserve thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth. To establish the earth? Yeah, to establish his kingdom in the earth. To cause, to inherit the desolate heritages. In the Hebrew, that word heritages is heirlooms. In other words, I'm giving you Israel, I'm giving you the land, and you are my people through covenant to establish the heritages. In other words, the inheritances of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they were heirlooms from all antiquity. From age to age, they will remain Israel's possession. Wow, what a revelation God is giving through the prophet Isaiah about Israel, the land of Israel, the people, Am, and the land, Eretz. Verse 9, that thou mayest say to the prisoners, oh, the prisoners. In other words, after they come into this covenant with God, and God says, he prophesies, 
that at an acceptable time I have heard thee, and in the day of salvation I have helped thee, and I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth, God's kingdom in the earth, to cause to inherit the desolate heritages. In other words, when they came back to the land, some of them came back even as early as 1907, I believe it was, maybe even earlier in the 1800s. The land was desolate. Mark Twain visited there, I think in 1917, and said it was really desolate. Well, look at it today. It's flourishing like the rose. I've been to Israel numerous times, and you know, if you eat the fruit that's grown there, you've never eaten any fruit like it on the face of the earth. It's the sweetest fruit you will ever put in your mouth. And so he's talking about the restoration here. That thou mayest say to the prisoners, go forth, you know, out of your prison, to them that are in darkness, show yourselves. In other words, come out of the darkness into the light. They were to be a light to the nations. That was God's original intent and purpose for Israel through the covenant of Abraham because he said, you will be a father of many nations and in you, Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. That was a covenant promise that is still alive in the gospel today. That thou mayest say to the prisoners, go forth, come out of the prison houses. To them that are in darkness, show yourselves, come out of the darkness into the light. They shall feed in the ways and their pastures shall be in all high places. In other words, everywhere will be prosperous. They shall feed in the ways and shall be in all the high places. I believe that's talking about Judea and Samaria, among other places, the mountains of Israel. They'll be in the high places. There are settlements there today. Verse 10, they shall not hunger nor thirst. Neither shall the heat nor the sun smite them. For he that hath mercy on them, Hesed, God's obligatory love, for he that hath mercy on them shall lead them, even by the springs of water shall he guide them. Wow, God is involved with everything they're doing. And I love this little phrase. For he that hath mercy on them shall lead them. God will be very involved with leading Israel in the end of time, end of days, the end time, very involved with leading Israel, and it says, even by the springs of water shall he guide them. In other words, they'll be refreshed. Like David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me by still waters. He makes me to sit down in green pastures. It's all here in the book of Isaiah. For he that hath mercy on them shall lead them. Even by the springs of water shall he guide them. Boy, he's doing that today. He's a great God. His plan will be fulfilled. His promises will come to pass. His covenants will be kept forever with the nation of Israel and with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 11, and I will make all my mountains away. I will make all my mountains away 
while the mountains of Israel are Judea and Samaria. And I will make all my mountains away, and my highways shall be exalted. In other words, he'll make a highway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He'll restore, replenish the land of Israel. It's God's promise, and it's happening before our very eyes. Verse 12, Behold, these shall come from far, and lo, these from the north and from the west. He's talking about the people returning to the land here in verse 12. Behold, these shall come from afar, and lo, these from the north. Israel has many, many people that have relocated from Russia, made Aliyah from the north. Lo, these from the north and from the west. That's talking about, I believe, the United States and also European countries. But I, I believe before this is all over, there are many, many Jewish people in the United States that will make Aliyah to Israel. It's happening now, but it will be stepped up in the end of days and in the latter days, and you will see many, many, many come out of the United States and make Aliyah to Israel, many more. And these from the land of Sinem, the land of Sinem is China. Jews are gonna come out of China and return to the land of Israel. So they're coming out of Russia, the north, they're coming out of the west, Europe, and the US. They're even coming out of China here that's prophesied maybe a thousand years before Christ. Verse 13, sing, O heavens. Oh, I like that. Sing, O heavens. I, I believe that's talking about the angels. Sing, sing, O an angels. You've heard of a heavenly chorus. Well, as, is, as the people of Israel return to their homeland, return to their nation, I believe the angels have a chorus going on of singing in heaven. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth. In other words, a lot of people are so joyful to see the return of God's people to their own land, which was given to them through covenant, through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, because when you see Israel becoming a nation again and return, and all the Jewish people making Aliyah and returning to the land of Israel, you know that the coming of Christ is very near. This is the greatest sign prophetically to show us the time that we're in, the appointed time. Now is that appointed time for them to return to their land. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. In other words, they were afflicted in other lands when they were scattered. They were despised. They were ill-treated. Uh, you know, they were, they were persecuted. Uh, they were denied even their own human rights. But God says he's going to have mercy upon his afflicted. Verse 14. But Zion said, the Lord hath forsaken me and my Lord hath forgotten me. And God responds, can a woman forget her, her suckling child 
her nursing child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb. Yea, they may forget even. Hard to imagine a mother forgetting her nursing child, but God says, they may even forget, yet will I not forget thee, Israel. God has Israel in the hollow of his hand. Well, let's go here, and I want to kind of finish up this segment, and we'll go into this in the next podcast. Verse 16, Isaiah 49. God reassures them with this tremendous statement. Behold, I have inscribed thee upon the palms of my hands. The palms of my hands. That's where God wrote Israel. Every one of his covenant people, Israel, are written on the palms of his hands. I guess his hands must be pretty large. Behold, I have engraved you or inscribed you upon the palms of my hands. Your walls, O Jerusalem, are continually before me. Your builders hurry. Your destroyers and your devastators shall depart from you. So God is around the walls of Jerusalem. He surrounds them. He surrounds Jerusalem with his mountains. And he is a wall of protection around them. And he says right here, he's engraved them, inscribed them on the palms of his hands. His eternal people. Their walls are continually before him. He's watching over them. Their security is the Lord. Verse 17, thy children shall make haste. Thy builders shall hurry. Thy destroyers and thy devastators shall depart from thee. In other words, those who have come against them, oppose them, they'll depart by the power and manifestation of God's miraculous intervention. Well, thank you for being with us today. It was my joy, my pleasure, my honor to bring you this tremendous revelation out of the book of Isaiah about the nation of Israel in the end of days. Have a great day. Be blessed and be safe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.